I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, and you're listening to Between Two White Coats, a podcast where we dig into key issues surrounding health and wellness. I'm a family medicine doctor, and my co-host, Amber Foster, is a family medicine nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing some of our biggest questions, obstacles, and patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and keeping you informed. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have found this podcast helpful, give us a five-star rating and review. This helps other people find our podcast. And make sure you share it with your friends. Thank you for your time. We look forward to serving you. So we're back hearing Grayson's story on our last episode. Grayson was able to take us through his journey of figuring out that he had a diagnosis of OCD and getting to a place where he didn't have to struggle or work so hard to feel like you're in a battle with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to start today just kind of going through a little bit more on OCD because I think if it's hard to understand a lot of mental diagnosis, but I think OCD is maybe one of the most misunderstood or improperly used. I feel um, like OCD is the Ringo star of, yes, of mental it is illnesses. The Ringo star. Like I, anxiety and depression or the McCartney and Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, excellent. Um, so let me read off. We talked a little bit about the DMS-4 and DMS-5 and that this is the gold standard diagnosis for psychiatric medicine. And so here is the DMS-4's criteria for um, OCD. Recurrent persistent thoughts, urges, or images that are experienced as intrusive and inappropriate and cause anxiety and distress. And it's important to recognize the experienced as, you know, Mm -hmm. it may not be inappropriate, but the person who's having these intrusive, persistent, recurrent thoughts is experiencing them as something very negative, uh, intrusive, inappropriate, causes anxiety and distress, um, attempts to suppress or ignore such thoughts, impulses, images, or to neutralize them um, also can occur. And so Grayson mentioned last time that he had a lot of the obsessive thoughts without the compulsive mm-hmm. behaviors. It doesn't have to be compulsive behaviors. Mm-hmm. There are definitely ranges of how these things exist. Um, but some people will have the compulsive behavior and attempt to try to neutralize the obsessive thought. If I um, wash my hands, I, I, because there are different presentations of OCD, they're not really subcategories diagnostically, but there are different types. Yeah. And one of the types is cleaning and contamination. And so some people have intrusive, obsessive thoughts about how clean things are. Mm-hmm. And imagine how the pandemic has Oof. affected people who are concerned about germs and their health and other things. Mm-hmm. And then one of the compulsions may be to wash your hands 10 times because that's going to be able to clear your mind of the thought that you're going to die because you touched the counter. <laughs> um, and so cleaning and contaminating is one subtype of OCD. Symmetry and order is another subtype. So people who have to have everything in the right place, that has to be organized. The entire closet has to be by color code. And, and, and it's not that you do that. Being organized does not right. give you a diagnosis. It is that you have intrusive and obsessive thoughts that you cannot shut down if you don't do that. Mm. And then you will go do that in hopes of fixing your obsessive and intrusive thoughts. Right. And so being organized and clean is not a bad or diagnosis, but not being able to live your life in a way that is productive or not invasive to you until you 
can't do any more of the obsessing and cleaning mm-hmm. and organizing. That's where it becomes yeah. the problem. Like, I, I like for things to be clean, but it doesn't bother me. I'm like, eh, dishes and, in the sink, no big deal. And I, I can walk can right on out. I can right on out. The dishes in the sink, do it <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But when you get up in the middle of the night to do the dishes in the sink because you can't stop the intrusive thoughts about right. the dishes in the sink, that's where you have to recognize, now this is disrupting my sleep. I'm having repeated thoughts that I know aren't exactly rational, mm-hmm. but I can't stop them. And the more I try to stop them, the louder they seem to get. Yes. And mm-hmm. so those are a couple of other kind of subtypes of OCD. Um, one is hoarding, collecting and keeping things. I think it's so interesting that hoarding can actually be a bit of a subtype of OCD when another end of the OCD spectrum is is being clean and organized. Yeah. And so you can have one person with OCD present in a way that is magazines up to the ceiling because they can't throw one away. And the obsessing thoughts over, but what if I throw that magazine away? And what if I need that magazine again? And that magazine is going to be worth something one day. I'm going to hold every single magazine. It is the, the commonality is the obsessive thought, but it can mm-hmm. present so very differently. Um, and then uh, the forbidden, harmful, uh, or taboo thoughts. Mm. And so where you um, are thinking of things that seem to be taboo and you can't stop. or mm-hmm. um, the And that's for- the one I relate to the most. Yes. Yeah. The forbidden thought. The mm-hmm. forbidden thought. And, you know, Grace and I don't have any medical anything to base this on. I, however... I wonder if more people who are gay or mm. are um, trying or are coming out or trying to figure out a safe way to come out would have that obsessive taboo thought because people may have been fed that they're doing something wrong when they're not. Right. And when you then obsess over that I'm doing something wrong, I'm doing something wrong. Am I doing something wrong? I can't stop thinking about am I doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. Then can that be the presentation of OCD? Um, I think another important thing as we just sort of dig into what is OCD is how anxiety provoking it is. Yes. And so this really brings us to, and I asked you in the last episode, when did they call it OCD? When did someone assign that diagnosis to you? And I don't ask that because I put great importance on it. I don't really care what we call stuff. I care that we can make it go (laughs) better. Right. Um, But when it is actually called something, sometimes people will have a sense of relief in that, um, okay, this is a thing that I am not alone. This is a thing that a lot of people have. Or you have the ability to use the massive amount of information that is at the tips of our fingers all the time to dig in and read about and see that this is something that other people struggle with too, or this is what it looks like. I relate to that. And so sometimes getting that, that title to whatever it is allows you to understand a little bit better Mm -hmm. um, yourself and knowing that everything you read is not going to apply to every person. Much as a lot of what you read doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are a number of different things when it comes to, um, what did we call it that overlap you know Mm -hmm. people have anxiety and depression and um and they overlap sometimes people are sad sometimes people are worried and sometimes they're sad and worried Um, (laughs) or worried about how sad they are yes or how sad they are about how worried they are exactly right or your obsessive thoughts make you very anxious yes and so it's ocd but there's also a lot of anxiety right or you talk about you know i was confident that when i um when the phone rang they were going to tell me my whole family was dead right and then i couldn't (laughs) stop thinking that and so there is a big overlap and i think that we don't need to get totally caught up on where do I fit in this in this spectrum of my right. brain not doing what I wish it would do 
Um, but sometimes seeking that kind of help and being able to recognize this is what's going on in my head. Um, this makes sense, helps mm. people to find a, a peace as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, as we sort of look at OCD and you um, are now living very comfortably and well with being treated for OCD mm -hmm. and seeking the resources to feel well with OCD, um, what are some of the things that people with OCD that you'd like for them to know or the things that annoy you or any <laughs> of, um, if you could offer some advice in that arena? Mm -hmm. Um. So for people who may not know they have OCD or people who do have OCD, th those are the people I'm talking to? Yeah. Okay. Either way, you know, people who may wonder or yeah. people who know they do. Right. Okay. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit either in the, the previous episode or this one, but the the, the flippant way that it's discussed um, about people saying, oh, I'm so OCD. And it's like, oh, she's so OCD. She's right. I want to be just like her or him or them. I don't want to make it just about women. Um, and uh, I'm so obsessed with this new show. It's my new obsession. Yeah. Um, I don't, I understand when people use that language that they're not being malicious, that there isn't harm intended. And so I, I don't often get like angry, but it is just like a little, you really don't know what this is. Yeah. Um, and I really yeah. do think, like you said, it's the Ringo star. Um, I think we act like OCD is mental illness light. Yes. Like, oh, it's the fun one. <laughs> it's yeah, that's not bad. That's what that's what really clean and successful people have um, when that's absolutely not the case. Absolutely OCD not. is life altering, horrible yes. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think sometimes when people just, oh, I'm so OCD, um, you know, they probably would say, oh, I'm so depressed. Right. Um, and so it does, you know, I think that sometimes we can um, not put enough attention to how devastating this diagnosis and living with OCD can be. Yes. I mean, uh, we've lost family members to to it. Yes. Um, we, we, we think, we assume. Um, I, uh, I think that if I hadn't been lucky enough, blessed enough to have this friend tell me this is what this might be and to be in a culture uh, like of my family and of friends and the places I was where talking about mental health wasn't as stigmatized. Yeah. I think if I had been in a more open environment, I may have been like, something's off. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should see a psychiatrist as opposed to like, what's going on with you? You know? Yeah. Um, so. And I think it's, it's really important to recognize with OCD that, you know, we think depression is a cause of suicide and it is. Um, any mental illness can be a cause of suicide. When the brain's not working correctly, mm -hmm. it can be a cause of suicide. But what happens for a person who has intrusive thoughts that they cannot get rid of, that they keep thinking, if I just did this thing, it would make that go away. Mm -hmm. Don't we think that that could be a cause of suicide? Oh, and for sure. For sure. To and be so we cannot downplay no. the significance of OCD and that the desire to have control in an environment and a brain that you can't control can really lead people to have an, an action that is, you know, a, a terrible action due mm -hmm. to their illness in their brain. It wouldn't be typical. Sorry, I had to go out. And yeah, I, was having, I don't have COVID, but I was having, I got, I got something in my throat. So we go out and like, call. right. No, um, in, in the last year and eight months. I know, I didn't want to cough in here. I cannot have a tickle and couldn't get it up. Um, so now I have a mint and I'm good. But like their behavior it was, is not typical of them. 
you know, like, even though maybe they were controlling, like, the intrusive thoughts make them do things that also that would not be typical of their personality Absolutely. if they were well. Right. Yes. It is a it is a brain that we have it's, no control over. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Or we would have stopped those intrusive yeah. thoughts if we could have possibly fixed that. And I think, um, and it's, it's so, something you mentioned, I think, in the previous episode, when you said um, the the something to the effect of the brain that is telling you these thoughts are off is the brain that's having the off the, thoughts. The, right. And so it's almost like there are it's almost like you're you're trapped in like <laughs> like a, a hamster wheel. Hamster wheel or like a, a cable news like argument show. Or yeah. like yeah. where it's just like these two competing sides are just constantly and then whichever one is the loudest is the one that wins. And yes. unfortunately, the the intrusive thoughts, by very nature of their being intrusive, are going to win eventually. Exactly. Um, and what happens when the decision maker is the sick organ? Yes. And so then bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, um, I never got to a point where I was having uh, suicidal ideations, which is the point at which I was actively thinking about wanting to um take my life i wasn't is that the appropriate language? that is okay. or having a plan to absolutely. having a plan yeah. to i never got to that point um but especially in that summer that i mentioned which were which was defined by my head um i not only was a, naturally of course wanting this to stop wanting to feel at peace in my own head Um, where it got to a point where the only time I ever, like I looked forward to going to sleep because that was the only time that I was free from these quiet, the head, quiet, the head, the only time that could happen. Sometimes it was less loud. Sometimes I could do things to mitigate some days. It was for whatever reason, less loud, but Mm -hmm. the, the music was like the music was either playing in the other room or the band was like right up to my ear, yeah. but either way it was, there. it was there. And so it, it not only was, I really would like this to stop, but some of the, as I mentioned, like the forbidden taboo OCD um, categorizations, since I was ruminating on and having these intrusive thoughts around my capacity for harm, which we all have, mm-hmm. but we don't think about constantly. Absolutely. But my capacity for harm, my capacity for losing control. That was the summer, and we actually cel- celebrated, commemorated his uh, death anniversary, Robin Williams. That was mm-hmm. the summer he died by suicide. So I was like almost worried about my capacity to do that to myself and had constantly to convince myself that I wasn't this horrible person. Because my brain was acting in a way as if I had already hurt someone. Right. And so I was judging, like, just constantly evaluating. And, And you know, I think it's our brains have the wonderful capacity to put things out that we don't want to think about. Yes. You know, we can do that all day and we're very good at it. And um, or to completely forget traumas that happen in our life as a survival technique. Yes. And so the inability to put a negative thought, a, a something bad's going to happen thought really goes to show how much the brain is not working as it is supposed to work. You know, right. It's not tapping into its normal protective mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, I drive down the street and think, 
oh my gosh, that terrible car accident could have happened to me. What if I was a few minutes earlier? Look what happened to these people. And then I quickly go, but I'm okay and everything's good and I'm going to you know, turn off here and get home safely. Right. But what if you don't have that ability to say, but I'm okay and everything's good? That's mm-hmm. when you start having more of that obsessive, intrusive thoughts right. and, and you recognize, okay, now we need to make sure that we're getting help for this. Mm-hmm. And if that pundit, <laughs> to use the metaphor, to continue it, is telling you long enough that you, you know, if even if you didn't experience the car accident, but that you caused it. Right. And that, because some people with OCD will convince themselves that they've hit somebody and will have to retrace their, will be com- compelled to retrace their, their route to assure themselves that they didn't do this thing yes. because the thinking of it makes it real. Yes. And so the, I think the risk for um, suicide is increased in my non-professional opinion because of the ways I know that because I want to be a good person and because I want to do right and I want to be kind to people, it kind of plays off of that where it's like, then maybe I should take my own life to, to keep people from me. And obviously that is irregular, irrational, diseased thinking. Right. But when you're in the middle of it and that, that truth. Is where the diseased thinking can go. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we really want to emphasize what the pandemic has done for people with OCD. Uh, it's there is no control. There is a lot of anxiety. Oof. There is a lot. If you didn't have a fear of germs prior to hearing what I mean, I can't even cough in a room. (laughs) She's okay. You can't find Lysol and Clorox for like five states. And so, you know, we all now are really in tune to how fragile we are and how terrible germs can be and all these other things. How mortal we are. And yeah. what if we can't turn that thought off? Ugh. What if, you know, or you do succeed and you are having a day where the music's in the next room and you turn the news on and you hear about the death toll today. You know, so I think that we have to really have sensitivity and reach out and and make a difference for the people who are struggling with OCD, particularly in the pandemic. Yes. Um, and I think we need to recognize that people with OCD look like the person who has it all together. Look how organized. Yes. <laughs> and Grayson does look like he has it all together. And a lot of people with OCD do. It's not the Jack Nichols, Nicholas. Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. No, that's the golfer. Nicholson. Um, it's not We're the Jack Nicholson character that flips the light switch 20 times and you go, yep, something's wrong with him. It's um, or can't step on a crack or whatever. Yeah. It's the person who's super organized and super clean and high functioning and keeps getting promotions in their job and so empathetic and so kind. And we never worried about that person. They had it all together on an outward appearance. Um, And so I think it's just important to say that not so that we all start having intrusive thoughts about every person that has it together, (laughs) but so that we do know that if there is some signs of this, we welcome that person to, to without shame, um, be able to seek help. And so to, to finish today's episode, let's talk about the without shame part. Hmm. How did you get to, you know, this is, this is an unfortunately stigmatized area um, of medicine, mental health. Of course. How did you get to the space where you can tell your story with pride and not shame? I think um, one part of it is 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 platforms like this, where I know that ha- having the information, just even the word, without any other uh, knowledge, 
or the the diagnosis OCD was so was like a watershed moment was a a sigh of relief um knowing that I this is part of me um I sometimes don't even like to use I don't think it's wrong but just for myself don't like to use I have OCD it's not that I am OCD but that it's part of me Mm-hmm. And in in my journey with myself and learning to accept all parts of myself, as, and it's, which is an ongoing thing, I realize and and try to keep in mind that the parts that I that well, I try to love all of it, but the parts that I enjoy the most about myself, the parts where I was able to be a straight A student, except for two Bs in college, whatever. But let's not um, ruminate on that. Let's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> the part where I'm able to be analytical and to do academic work well and to be witty and funny and all of these parts of myself are just as part of me as the OCD is. And I feel as if the OCD is like, I love the brilliant lights of myself. And the OCD is sort of the shadow of that. And I wouldn't want to get rid of this. I wouldn't want to get rid of these parts that God blessed me with and that I love about myself and that others love about me. Um, so I wouldn't want to get rid of OCD either. Um, it's not It's not fun. It's something that, of course, I've had to learn to manage and, and, and need to continue managing. It's not that I see it as neutral. I'm like, this is a rough part of me (laughs) and I need to treat it accordingly, but I've learned to be grateful for it. I've learned to have gratitude for like, okay, well, I love my brain. I love what it allows me to do. And if that means that part of it is my brain produces this or operates in this way, you, you can't have one without the other. And so I think it's just part of the process of just learning to love me. I don't want to have a shame about any part of me, even the parts that I don't talk about all the time, even the parts that I don't like, because there are parts of me that I don't like, but I don't hate them. I don't feel shame about them. And so it's like, I am Grayson and part of me is OCD. Um, And it doesn't make me less than, it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't mean I failed. It doesn't mean that I'm weird. I mean, I can be weird, but in a way that's enjoyable, I hope. It doesn't mean that I'm some type of person. It's just like, I have this part of me. And honestly, it's it's a recognition too that it's hard to be human. It's hard to, to live in this world. Yes. And especially if you have any minoritized identity of r- racial, gender, sexual orientation, however it is, like it's hard enough to be human baseline, but then you add all of these societal components, you add the stressors of getting to, from point A to point B and just all the things we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Of course, we're going to have yeah. some, some difficulty processing it all. And of course, we're going to need some help. Yeah. And so it's me loving me enough to say, this is me and I'm at my best when people are helping me. And this is a, a means through which I can rely on someone else. And thank goodness we have people such as yourselves and, and psychiatrists whose purpose in life is to be like, it is hard. Mm-hmm. I can help you with this. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're in community with one another and that I love the gifts I have and I love the ways that people can help me with the gifts I don't have. Well, today you have 
helped us learn more about OCD and you're going to, I can't wait to hear what we're going to like feedback from this episode because I feel like it's been super helpful and your story is going to help others. I know it. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. Thank you, my cousin, my friend. I love you so much. I love you too. I love that you can tell your story. um, And I hope that in hearing how wonderful you tell your story, that it allows other people to absolutely without shame, tell their stories too. Mm -hmm. We like to leave you on a positive note. Today's Tell Me Something Good. This is Thanksgiving week. Take some time. Think about things that you're grateful for. Make a list. Talk to your family about it. Maybe discuss it over the Thanksgiving meal. Until next time, take care of yourself.